0: Alright, I'm recording. Four seconds in. You're behind. Six seconds. Seven seconds. Oh. Did you record? I've start. I've, I've been recording. I totally threw you off. You're about to fall off your chair. You're so confused. I'm currently on the floor. Where are you, dude? Come on. We're almost done. Let's go. You just said double boom. What do you want me to say? Yeah, but your head disappeared. I need you. I'm,
1: I'm looking at...
0: You're not looking at me, bro. Now you're looking at me.
1: Okay, Robert, let's do it.
0: You sound so enthused. I'm ready, man. You better be. <laughs>
1: Wow, I almost just died.
0: to Cast Royale, the Clash Royale podcast for casual players. I'm Rob.
1: And I'm Joe. And this week, we discuss the balance changes, some hot topics, and a pretty
0: awesome deck. Boom! Boom! and if you're listening on apple podcasts google podcasts overcast clnsmedia.com or wherever you get your podcasts we hope you enjoy the show episode 65 baby let's go dude it's getting up there i'm getting really excited
1: we're pushing 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 towards 100 we are pushing slowly but surely you know what this reminds me of um... climbing up the ladder uh, no, because oh. climbing up the ladder involves significant death spirals. This, these numbers of the episodes only just go up. What if we released an episode out of order and just threw everybody off? Well, see, that would be cool, I guess. But then we'd have to pre-record 100 episodes and then just kind of slice them up. Mm. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Yeah, I was thinking more like the tortoise and the hare, you know, like... At first, we. That's kind of like what I was thinking. Like, at first, we used to be like a weekly podcast and the numbers were growing up really quickly. And then we became bi weekly and they just like kind of like slowed down. But this is a, it's a marathon, dude. It's not a sprint. You got to, you got to make it till the end. Slow and steady wins the race. That's what they say, at least. You see, now you're on the same wavelength as me with the tortoise Uh and the hare.
0: Exactly. That's what, that's why I said that. That's why we're brothers, man. So here we are. We, we are here. Um, and. I am coming to see you. Yeah, you are, dude. For, for anyone that doesn't know, Joe lives in North Carolina, and I have not been able to make it down to his house uh, since he's moved. It's been, what, a year? Yeah, actually, a year last week, and my, and my big brother hasn't been able to come down
1: to see me because of work and whatever the heck else he's got going on. But dude, I'm super excited to see. Actually, when this episode gets released, you will have had been here for a week. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm really excited. What would you tell future Rob listening to this
0: episode now? Nice job editing. <laughs> nice. <laughs> How's that? Touche, good sir. It's appropriate. Uh, so without further ado, I'll see you in a little bit. But how is your week in the arena?
1: Uh, week's been okay, I guess. Um, so season just reset, right? And mm-hmm. for the first time in a very long time... I hit 4,900 trophies, which is Master 1. Dude! Dude, I know. I, I forget if I made it there last season, but I got to tell you, it just the seasons are a month long now, so I just don't remember hitting it, and it just feels like so long ago. Um, But once I hit 4,900 trophies, I think it was like 4,906 or something like that. Dude, I didn't play another ladder match for the entire rest of the season, so I had a week left to go, and because I hit it, I just didn't play anymore. I was like, I don't want to ruin it. I don't want to <laughs> ruin it. So yeah, that was that. And you know, now we're, now I'm sitting at forty four hundred trophies. Um, I got brought down to like forty four fifty. Um, you know, with the new like season reset, it it brings you down to halfway above four thousand, right? So right. the forty nine hundred became forty four fifty. I'm still using the mortar mauler, and I am very very patiently grinding my requests up (laughs) to get my fireball to level 11 dude it is a you want to talk about a marathon that
0: is a marathon trying to level up a rare to max is insane are you are you seriously gonna sit here and try and talk to me about having to commit to leveling up a rare card are you kidding me right now Well, I mean,
1: I know you talk about it like every week because you're you're still trying to get your rocket to max. I get it, right? But Come on! I know. I mean, I got my rocket to max. I I know the feeling already. But to me, it's just like every time you start the journey, you know what it entails. So it just hurts even more.
0: (laughs) Mm, Yep, 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 yep. 100%. I agree with that. So anyway, how was your week in the arena? Uh, week's been pretty good. I have been actually having a lot of fun on the arena, just trying really ridiculous stuff with my Mortar Mauler deck, uh, because of course I'm not about to change decks when I don't have high enough cards, but I am getting there, especially since I've been putting so much gold into, uh, clan war cards, right? Cause that's where I've been really leveling up. Yep. Um, so eventually I think I will start bouncing back and forth between Mortar Mauler and another deck. Um, I just don't have that deck yet. Um, if I had to pick one though, it would probably be the expo deck that, that you threw out a couple episodes ago. Just gotta be patient, man. Once it's high enough, we're going in. I'm so excited. Um, so yeah, I ended my season at 46.59, so I was reset around 4,300, so that was pretty cool. Nice. Um, I, have you noticed that you've been facing people that are like, I don't know how to describe it, like... I know that I've been facing people that were ridiculously good in the old way that the season reset, but now I feel like I'm just facing people that are just good, like just good all the time. Every person is just very, very good. And I feel like I'm at the appropriate level, but I don't feel like I get a lot of stragglers that are like, "Mm, some people aren't that good or "Mm, some people are way too good. You yeah, know, I think that's what the point of what they did was, right?
1: Like the old way of season resetting kind of allowed different people of a whole bunch of different trophy counts to just get mashed up into one big pot of, oh, we get now to play each other, right? Um, but the new way kind of, I think as Rumhan said it in TV Royale, it feels more natural, right? Like you're going to be reset back down to verse people. Basically, you were just playing against yesterday <laughs> when you know season reset it it feels more natural it feels more um like a, a level playing field and sure you're still going to have disparaging um levels in cards if yours aren't maxed but theirs are but the the skill of those people that you're playing against is probably going to mirror where you're at
0: oh yeah i mean i'm not complaining i just think that now i have to i have to really be focused every time i go into the arena which is fine because it's ladder that's the competitive side of this game right I totally agree. Mm-hmm. And speaking of uh, leveling up and maxing out rares, I have all of the cards I need, baby, for my rocket!
1: Dude. So what are you waiting for? Why would you... What does that mean? I've got all the cards. What does that mean? Take a guess.
0: <laughs> You're running a little short on the gold, I see. And it's funny because it is a little short. Uh, I currently have 78,000 gold, dude. Nice. Let's really think about this. Supercell and Clash Royale decided that it was going to be a good idea to dump more gold into the game, and since the last episode, do you remember how much I had? I think you had over twenty thousand or something. It could have been, but think of, think about it, dude. in In less than two weeks, I was able to get all the way to seventy eight k because of the tweaks that they made to the gold system. That's amazing, right? That's a really big deal. I I, I've really been feeling the. Uh the bonus gold. Every time I play a game, every time I open up a chest, every time I just do things that give you gold, I definitely feel like I'm getting more, and I'm able to hold on to it. Also, I feel like I'm getting a lot more gems too. Yeah, no, gems
1: seem cool. I I don't really keep track of how many gems I get from like chests and stuff like that, but you're totally right. The the behind the scenes gold that you're getting, I mean when you open up a chest, you don't read how much gold you get, right? Like you the first thing you do is click through until you see cards. Um, like troops or buildings, right right um but also, the amount of gold that you get from collection day wins and war day battle wins is insane, dude um, and again, most people don't even that just passes them right over the head, they don't even look at that, don't think about it, but that stuff builds up, and when you compound all these different things that they're doing with with gold, including you know one of the things that we talked about was. Gold rushes that they've been kind of putting into the game. And by the way, did you notice that they're putting gold rushes in at the very end of the season in order to incentivize people? Um, Unlike me, I didn't take advantage of this, but if you're at the end of the season, it incentivizes people to play the ladder even more. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I I, I like it. Uh, And it's a fun way to kind of close out the season. Plus, um, since, I mean, we're kind of like blending stuff a little bit, these topics. But this is the first time I think that they've given us 10,000 gold as the reward for a gold rush. I think previously it's usually been six. Yeah, six. You're totally right. So they didn't double that one, huh? They should have doubled
1: that. (laughs) How nice it would have (laughs) been. If it were, you know, if it would have been like 15K, I don't know if I would have been able to pass it up. Yeah, you, how, how, I couldn't pass up 10. I don't know how you did that. Well, dude, it just, you know, when you get to like your almost, you know, personal best, you just don't want to lose it, you know? I guess that's the only reason why that would be okay. Right. I mean, if I was at my, you know, average trophy count, I would have obviously
0: played. I'm with you. Um, so, now that I pretty much have my rocket in the bag i need to just get the gold and i'm almost there i'm definitely gonna get it this week which is exciting but i'm also working on my bats and i'm really not that far away from that so hopefully i can gain more gold they could throw some more gold rushes uh and some challenges that give a lot of extra gold but because i that would be that would be the last card that i need to max out except for my log
1: yeah those legendaries take forever to to max man
0: yeah but some exciting news cast royale one made it to 1800 clam war trophies baby boom dude that is insane i know uh participation has been going up um people have really been working together to get better at making decks and then practicing those decks uh and i'm not sure i can't really tell if the game is like super selective with who it gives double battles to do you know no i think it's random to be honest but no Mm. i have no idea well, those people seem to be the winner. The, the people that typically win, I should say, seem to be getting those double battles more often. Although, although the, the most recent war, I cannot say that that was me because I got a double battle and I lost both of them and it was a terrible feeling, but the clan still won. Hey man, you remember what dad always said, right? I can think of so many things. Sometimes you eat
1: the bear. Sometimes the bear eats you. <laughs> yes. Ah, you sir have been eaten.
0: I have been eaten. That's true. Um, but the clan did well. Eighteen hundred trophies, dude. That's insane. The clan ate the bear. Yeah, right. The clan. <laughs> you died, <laughs> but the
1: clan, <laughs> clan made it, made it past bear level. Right. <laughs> uh, Cast Royale Two is currently sitting at sixteen hundred and fifty clan more trophies. So we dude. are both solidly in the gold, uh, tier, which is super awesome. Nice job. Thanks, man. Yeah, no, I I and I find this a similar uh story to you. Like I, I just feel people have embodied clan wars, people are playing together, people are practicing together, finding decks that work. Um, you know, critiquing constructively, but critiquing um playstyles and just kind of helping people through and obviously spectating the games when people are playing, you know, given that um cheerleader boost of encouragement, I'll call it. It's it's been a tremendous um, difference, And I, I think I remember last time we, we spoke about clan wars, I had said that, um, you know, silver, <laughs> silver is like, um, you know, like training wheels or something similar. What you said was bowling with bumpers. Ah, see, that sounds more like me. <laughs> <laughs> that is you. <laughs> and uh, gold was really tough. So uh, this past war that we did in gold, for the first time ever, our gold win rate was above 50%. We, we went 35 and 10, dude. We destroyed this war. I don't know how, but we did it. That's incredible, dude. So kudos to the Cast Royale community. Nice job. And keep up the good climb. Boom. Bada bada boom. Tonight we are sponsored by HIMS. Hey, Rob, you're getting up there in, in age, aren't you? You're like 32 or 31 or something, right? 31, but yeah. Well, did you know? that 66% of men lose their hair by the age of 35? I did not know that. And if there's one thing I know for sure, it's that while we're playing Clash Royale, there are plenty of times when we just want to pull our hair out. So why would you want to be someone with bald spots on your head? Dude, you're getting to the age where that's about to happen. We need to be part of the 34% of men that keep their hair. Fortunately for you, I've got the solution. Hymns a one-stop shop for hair loss, skincare, and wellness for men. If you're experiencing any hair loss, HIMS connects you with real doctors that have medical-grade solutions, as well as well-known generic equivalents to name-brand prescriptions that will help you keep your hair by just going to 4 And what's even better is that now our listeners get a trial month of HIMS for just $5 today, right now while supplies last. See the website for full details. This would cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or pharmacy. So be sure to go to That's forhims.com/cr. That's f o r h i m s.com/cr to
0: get your trial for just $5 today. Thanks a lot to Hims for sponsoring our show. So let's go into some topics. We kind of touched on the fact uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about the gold and the gems being introduced into the game. We just wanted to call out, if anyone important is listening, that we notice it. It's very clear. It's helping. And I'm finally going to be able to get a maxed out rocket. So can't complain. And we mentioned the fact that we got a gem rush, but coinciding with the gold rush, we also got special offers in the shop. Yeah, we did, dude.
1: What was it? It was like, 10 for 10 bucks you can get a legendary chest and a hundred thousand gold and you could buy up to two of those which was four times the value
0: how sick is that and then also the boosts dude we got the boosts
1: yeah the boosts i don't really take as much advantage of although i think that they're really good for the game um because obviously some people have gems um but i don't like to spend my gems on those boosts man
0: yeah i'm with you i don't either uh I'm trying to think of one boost that I think I would ever spend my gems on because they're expensive. They are expensive. And I just recently passed 100 gems, which never happens. So I'm not I'm not right. about to drop it on boosts when I know eventually I'm going to have to use 100 gems on a challenge. Right.
1: Well, I mean, if you wanted to double your gold, that boost would be really good. Um, But I don't know. I just feel like they're kind of expensive. I feel like in Clash of Clans, dude there would be times where you could, they would run specials where you could literally double your resource generation for like the day for like a very small handful of gems. And if you play of lions, you know that the only thing that allows you to play the game consistently is if you have resources to build troops, right? So it's just like they make it so cheap for people to do and people take advantage of it so much. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, I would just be really interested to know how many people see these boosters versus how many people actually convert gems into buying them. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like that would be
0: a pretty good statistic to uh, take to the bank, maybe. Yeah, but that's okay. Also, what was included in the shop? We got more emotes. Yeah, we did. Did you buy them? No, I haven't bought any emotes yet.
1: You wanna know what's sad, man? That, the fact, no, what
0: you just said was sad.
1: Well, yeah, well, that's, listen, this is gonna be a very depressing moment for me, okay? Oh, no. Because two weeks ago, when the emotes were first released, dude, I didn't think about the fact that they weren't gonna be there forever.
0: There was, like, a time limit of, like, three days for you to purchase them, and then they were just gone. Right. I don't think anybody knew that they were gonna just be gone. I think most people myself included, and a lot of people in the Discord thought that they were going to rotate. Right,
1: but then they just went away. <laughs> and I was pretty upset about that. But then, they so they went away, and obviously I was upset. But then we got a new shop offer that was like, for two ninety nine, you can get a you know, set of four emotes. And I didn't pull the trigger on those either. And I'm just like, what am I doing? Yeah,
0: what are <laughs> you doing?
1: I don't know, man. And it bothers me till no end. The next time that emotes are in the shop, you need to remind me, to just buy them immediately.
0: Oh, I I will certainly do that. Hopefully they will uh hopefully they will show up while I'm down in North Carolina so I can just smack you upside the head and be like, buy it already.
1: Yes. You you definitely need to smack some sense into me. But how cool would it be if there was like a hog rider emote? To me, that would just be
0: so cool. You need that. You absolutely need that. I do need that. Yeah, you need you need you need an emote that just goes, hog rider! That's right. That's right. Actually,
1: you know something that bothers me about the emotes, dude? Um, if you're in the emote deck screens, so like, you know how you can, like... I already know what deck... you're going to say. <laughs> Maybe. If you're in the emote deck crafting screen, so, like, not your regular card deck, but your emote deck, right? Yep. Your first four normal king emotes show up. hmm And then if you haven't bought any others, they're all grayed out in the bottom, which is cool because it obviously means you don't have them, right? Right. But when I click... On the king emotes, they animate as if I can see what they would be when I played them in a match or when I'm spectating someone. But when I click the ones that are grayed out, nothing happens. It's just like collect emotes from the shop. Well, I obviously know I have to get them from the shop. I wanna see what it does.
0: (laughs) I completely agree, and that's exactly what I thought you were gonna say. It drives me bananas that you can't tap on the emote that is grayed out and have it still, even if it doesn't make a noise. Just do the motion. Right? It, it, it
1: should. St- no, I disagree. It shouldn't be grayed out when I click on it. And it should show me the exact emote just like the Kings do. Let me ask you a question League of Legends and Overwatch, they make their money off people buying skins. The entire game is free to play, but people buy skins. Like this customizable stuff is mm-hmm. what people want. Now, let me ask you a question. In those games, if I wanted to get a skin for Jinx, who is um, an ADC, right? Mm-hmm. She's like the marksman shooter. Um, if I want to buy one, do you think that they don't let me see the fact, like what it is and the animations that it has? No. Obviously, they want you to see that. <laughs> it it incentivizes people to spend more money when they're like, oh, that is so cool, you know?
0: Yeah, that that that's true. Uh, I think... I think maybe what they were going for was when they're in the shop, you're going to see them, right? But I I do agree with you. I do think that they should do their motion. And I'll even take back the fact that I said that maybe they shouldn't make their noise. They should make their noise. But maybe the whole grayed out thing isn't really that big of a deal. Maybe still let them do their motion and make their noise, but leave them grayed out. So you can visually see that there's stuff that you don't own. Because that's what they do with the card collection. And I think that's what they're trying to mimic. Fine. But one argument to that.
1: You could easily make the argument that they're in the shop and when they're in the shop, you can see the animations or you can see people playing with those, um, you know, emotes. So you can see how they work. Right. But what mm-hmm. if you just got the update today and they're not in the shop anymore and you don't have the ability to see it? To me, it's just more incentive for people to spend money on the game, which helps them
0: be more successful. Um, I agree. Probably spending too much time on this already, but maybe, just- but we're really passionate about it because we love emotes. I mean, I bought so I bought the basic pack the first time, it was four goblins. I didn't buy the larger packs because I didn't feel comfortable spending money to get the bonus of the chest and the gold and whatever else they gave you. I just wanted the pack of emotes. So every time one of those comes out, I'm gonna buy it as long as I don't have it already. Um, so I got four goblins, and then on the second time that they brought the emotes back into the shop. I got the four princesses and those are
1: dope and that I, I think those would be the ones that I get first but i I just I don't know man I get why they want you to buy four at a time because if you could buy any four of your choice people would spend less money right because they would just get the four that they want um, but to me it's just like why take them out of the shop wouldn't it be better to have all of these customizable things in the shop all the time for people to just buy it's just it's it's like you're putting
0: a you're you're putting a cap on your On your sales. Like, what's the point of it? Okay. Last point before we move on. Are you ready? Yeah. I think the reason why they're doing that is because there's only, how many? 24 emotes? Yeah. When they have more, they will be in the shop way more often. That's what I think. I think that they don't want everyone to buy all of them right away. They want to keep the stream going, right? Cash flow, bro. You're an accountant. I don't know. To me, cash flow means you're making a ton of money right now. (laughs) All right, fine. Uh, Agree to disagree, but we both tend to think that we should see them more often. Right. Right. Um, And Supercell released a small update that mainly included bug fixes for the mirror, the royal hogs, uh, purchase chests that didn't show up for some reason, which was weird, but it also included taking the four king emotes and moving them down to the base row if you didn't purchase them. So how are you finding that situation now that it has been tweaked?
1: I like it a lot. It was, it was almost like a slap in the face to me every time I would, like, go to emote <laughs> uh, anything because I'd be like, oh, well, I clearly don't have eight emotes here. <laughs> the entire bottom row is missing, and I'd have to, like, hit right in the middle of the screen to, like, do a thumbs up or something.
0: Right, and you also have to reach a lot further for no reason. Like, right. it's totally unnecessary. In a game of milliseconds, that matters. It, bingo. Uh, so, yeah, glad that that's been fixed. Um And we got a new challenge called Climb Up the Arenas Challenge. Yeah, dude, this was pretty sweet. What did you think about it? This is insane, actually. Uh, I always knew that they were big into the tiered challenges. They told us a while back in one of the other major updates that they were going to do more of these, and they have. Um, we've definitely seen them more often. But dude, this thing is supposed to be what? 12 tiers, technically? Yeah, well, 12 arenas,
1: 12 tiers. I mean... I assume it's just going to kind of keep on going. Uh, we'll see, obviously, but I'm excited for it. It's kind of cool, like you know when they do things like the um, the retro versus modern Royale challenges. Mm-hmm. This is that on steroids, right? Like <laughs> you're in Arena One, you can only use cards from Arena One. Then you get to two, you can use Arena One and two. So it's kind of like you're replaying the game that you've been playing for two years. You're you're, you're going through that journey again, which is pretty cool. Um obviously there's different cards now in those arenas than there was when we played um in them but I, I don't know I just find it fresh it's cool it's fun and I'm terrible at it to be honest <laughs> <laughs> It is really hard. Yeah, dude, I don't know. I haven't been, you know, I think I'm just used to the meta of all the cards are available so I can just make like the best deck, but you know, when there's only 22 cards to choose from in total, what you and I would normally associate to be like the best cards are they they may be horrendous just because the the other cards that make them good aren't available
0: yet. You know what I mean? I know. Uh, but this also is a great way to kind of go back and redo everything without having to commit to, like, making a new account or dropping trophies. But even dropping trophies, that isn't going to do any good for you because you still have all your cards unlocked. Dude, I had such a good time with this challenge so far. And let me tell you, I like the fact that they're spacing out each bracket of three by, like, two or three days. I forget what the number is, but they're spacing it out, so you can't just blow through it straight through. Um, and then also, as far as I'm aware currently, based on the arenas that I have beaten, you can't lose. Yeah, dude, no, I totally agree. I mean, I've, again, like, I, I wasn't good at this
1: challenge, so <laughs> so I lost a lot. And um, you just have to win three times. As long as you do, you get the, the prizes. And, you know, from arena one all all the way through arena nine, like what I can see right now is through arena nine and the you know you get a hundred gold, which is small, but for re- winning the first game in arena nine, the second game is five rares and the the third game is a magical chest I know dude and
0: i I really like the fact that since you're not really able to lose and get knocked out. It really gives you the opportunity to kind of tweak your deck as you go through. Like if you make a pretty good foundation, but you find that it's not working, you don't have to worry that you just wasted 10 gems or even worse. You don't have to worry that you wasted a hundred gems to play one time and probably not make it through this way. You can tweak and practice. I, I feel like, I feel like this gives veterans the opportunity to go back and reacquaint themselves with cards that they haven't been able to play with very often, um, and possibly make new synergies as they go through. But also, the new player gets to learn the game for free and play straight through. Dude, like I said, all they have to do is win three games. I mean, even if you have really bad luck, you could potentially probably most likely win those three games at some point.
1: That was a lot of caveats there, but I agree. I mean, again, you're getting a free entry, um and you get to play. I mean, if you're a new player and you don't have access to half of these cards yet, um, it's a cool way to see the game and how it kind of develops arena by arena before you can get there on your own through the ladder, because that just takes a very long time.
0: Right. So a couple of things that we wanted to bring up on the show before we go into the other sections. Um, so one of the things that's been bothering me, and I've, I've been noticing from a few people in the community that when they play... Their war day battle, the spectator number throws them off and it stresses them out and it gives them this kind of unnecessary, unwanted pressure and stress, which is already elevated from a very stressful situation to begin with. So it got me kind of thinking that maybe it'd be a good idea to allow people to hide the spectator count. What do you think?
1: So I kind of mixed feelings about this one. I personally don't mind people spectating me um but i do know for a fact that some people hate it (laughs) um you know it's just kind of like knowing that someone's watching you or critiquing you um or saw you just get absolutely wrecked (laughs) but then you go back into the clan and nobody says anything (laughs) right (laughs) um it's just a really bad feeling right so you know if you're if you're one of those people that just doesn't perform well under pressure when you know the, the heat is on then you should have the ability to shut it off um And I think that that just kind of helps with the overall environment. And again, like, you know, right now, if I don't want to see emotes, I have the ability to get rid of those. Um, And it removes them from my opponent and your spectators, right? So, you know, it's just a similar thing. It's just like any kind of pressure, if you want to remove it from the game, why not? It's just a flick of a switch.
0: Yeah, I just think that anything that could potentially act as a distraction to the player should be something that you can turn off as an option, like you said. Emotes, you can shut them off. Why can you shut them off? Because they're distracting a lot of the time. This is very, very similar. And I think, you know, not everyone is a war hero. Not everyone feels comfortable playing all of these games and having people watch, especially having like two, three, four, upwards of 10 people watching them play. Specifically with clan wars, it helps if you want to shut them off and ladder. But dude, like when you have a lot of people watching you in a clan war, that can be really, really stressful. So maybe. Take the bumper idea from your bowling example, or training wheels from every other example on the planet, and let people shut it off until they feel comfortable getting better and practicing, and eventually, I'm sure they'll turn them back on. Yeah, no, I mean, very well said. I couldn't agree more. Okay. And then, the second thing that came to mind as we had this update and I was able to play for a while, is how come there are no quests for spectating games? Right? Right? Yes, like how come I don't have the ability to do a quest where it says spectate three games, get this much gold or get this many gems or get a card or whatever, or spectate three of your clanmates games, right? You can do specific types of games, spectate 2v2 games. That's another way to do it. I just think that it would really incentivize people to spectate games and participate and throw confetti and use their emotes and have a good time while they're playing because right now the only incentive to watch is out of pure curiosity or to learn a little bit but i mean it'd be nice if you got rewarded for that right
1: right i mean it's it seems simple too but i i I think even more um you know with this whole clan war update the entirety of the game has shifted to more of a community feel right um Playing the game as a social aspect, as one as opposed to an individual person doing it, and what a better way to do that than to spectate other people's games and show camaraderie in that, right? Like, I mean, it's the same thing with clan wars, right? Not everyone can play their war day battle at the same time because they want people to cheer the people on. So applying that to friend lists and ladder and everything else makes it amazing, dude. I am friends with Pompeo. On Clash Royale, and he gets like a hundred spectators in his matches, and I'm sure I got, I'm sure he doesn't think much of this, to be honest. But dude, there is so much confetti and so <laughs> many emotes going on. You're just like, you win and lose as like a a group. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Now, sure, that's an extreme, but when it's like you watching me, it's the same thing. Like you feel my loss, or you can help me get better from it. So, applying that to what you just said,
0: if they just give you quests to fulfill, it incentivizes it. Why not? Helps. I think it's a great idea, Um, and I'm glad you're on board. Supercell, we would love to see quests that include spectating. Boom. Boom. So you had a couple things you wanted to bring up, right? I did. So, Clash Royale themselves and everyone
1: else kind of just talk about the fact that gold is being poured into the game, right? Like, Mm -hmm. we talked about the chests that have more gold than the clan wars and the collection day and all this other stuff, right? But more recently, the biggest influx of gold that we could possibly have in this game was from the triple elixir challenge that we had about 2 or 3 weeks ago, right? Right. And I loved that challenge. Um I was fortunate enough to have gotten past all three tiers and the amount of gold that I got was ridiculous. And I needed it because of clan wars and all the gold that I need to upgrade cards. Um especially since we're in gold league now, it's very demanding. If you don't have the card levels, it's almost impossible to be able to compete in it. You know what I mean? Right. But here's my, my the only downside that, that I see. In order for that challenge, that three tiered challenge to really have much of an impact on your gold count, you had to get 12 wins in the challenge on the third tier. For example, you got past two of the tiers, right? And then you got Like, five or six wins through the third tier, right? Something like that. So, out of all of that, you probably got something close to, like, 25,000 gold. 20 to 25,000 gold. Right. Well, I'm sorry. Like, that's cool. But I'm sorry that's only enough to upgrade one epic to level six. Right. And in a Clan Wars world where every single other day... You have to build a deck with new cards based on 40 available options. One epic isn't really going to help you, (laughs) especially if for the next 10 wars, you don't get that card. Fair point. So I guess what I'm really trying to say is having gold in the game is great, and I think it's exactly what people in the community need. But to slap 100 gems on a re-entry fee for people to play in it or participate in it It's kind of like a slap in the face if you think about it, right? It's like people are, they need the gold. It's not even that they want the gold because we've always wanted gold. But now they're at a point where they need the gold in order to be able to compete. And in order for you to truly get the gold, you have to get 12 wins in the challenge, which costs 100 gems, which forces you to spend money, Um, especially if you're not good at challenges or you're not good at the game in general. Some people may spend 10 bucks and not even get the gold anyway. right? To me, what they did in the most more recently, that we, we talked about this before shop offers, where you spend 10 dollars and you get 100,000 gold, and it's guaranteed. You got a legendary chest and you got the 100,000 gold. you still force people to spend money to get gold, but the difference is, this time, they guaranteed themselves to get it, <laughs> as opposed to spending 10 dollars worth of gems and losing every single time they play in the challenge. Um, so to me, I think Supercell hears the fact that we don't just want gold now because of Clan Wars, but we need it in order to play. Um, then they should do more things like the shop offers where they guarantee people to get it. Because it just it's a very sunken feeling. Like I, I can't even imagine how you felt knowing that there's 270,000 gold out there, but you felt five wins short of getting it (laughs) you know it's just like i couldn't even imagine that feeling
0: it was terrible dude and to know that i couldn't join back in because i didn't have any gems to do so was really annoying so i agree with you there should be better offers in the shop that incentivize people to get the gold with the extra bonus stuff because it's guaranteed but i also feel like Supercell knows that everybody needs the gold. They gave everybody the opportunity to get a ridiculous amount of gold, but really only a very small percentage of people would have ever been able to get it. You were lucky enough to be one of that percent. Uh, I think that the entry fee needs to be lower. On something like that, especially when they're trying to do something nice for the community, the entry fee needs to be lower. And I'm going to say it and I'm going to put it on the record. No, I agree with you.
1: and, And let me ask you this question. When faced with two options, spend $10 to attempt a challenge to get 100,000 gold or spend $10 to get a legendary chest and 100,000 gold guaranteed, which would you do? The guarantee.
0: You always go for the guarantee.
1: But in some cases, you wouldn't have even spent the money... On the ability to play option because it 's not guaranteed, so it 's not even like you have two options you 're always going to pick a it's they only gave you option B at the time, right, and people probably didn't even spend the money to play in it because they were just like oh, i 'm never going to win this
0: <laughs> i agree. I agree with you. having both at the same time is a phenomenal plan. boom, boom, so what was the last thing you wanted to say? right, so the last thing that
1: I wanted to mention um, i 'll do this as quickly as I can, but clan wars. Matchmaking. Um, you know, I think the in the thematic of clan wars has been it doesn't really matter how many participants you have because they'll always match you up against people or clans that have similar participation levels, right? Like if I have 15 people playing, I'm gonna verse clans that have 15 or around 15 people playing, you know, when I verse the other four clans. Right. But on War Day. When I click battle, I don't get matched up against one of those four clans, right? Like I get matched up against anybody in the world that is in the gold league, just like I am, right? Yep. And in theory, that clan could have had 50 participants in their clan. So again, in my example, if I had 15 people that play, um, we obviously have a very limited selection of cards but the clans who had 50 participants obviously have all 40 available and probably all at the highest level that they can be. Right. So I, I don't know, I it bothered me a little bit because like there's just been this stigma of participation doesn't really matter that much, but mm-hmm. it 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 does matter. <laughs> um it 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 does directly impact matchmaking. Um because if I if I have a clan that has 10 participants, I have a very small shot at being successful in the gold league. Now, granted, everybody faces the same problems and I'm using a very extreme example, right? Like I have 10 uh, participants, they have 50. Um, In reality, most of my clan participation levels are around like between like 35 and 45. So I have a pretty decent showing in my clan. And I think you're probably in a similar boat, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So in our cases, it probably averages out, right? Like there's probably people in our clans who play war day battles and they, they face people in clans that had higher participation counts, but some probably pl- play people <laughs> that have lower participation counts. It, was, it probably goes in both directions. Um, so, so, I guess what I'm trying to say is when I found out about this, I was kind of like annoyed because my, my first reaction was to be annoyed and be like, well, you know, they said clan wars doesn't really get impacted by participation levels when in fact it does. Um, But then the more I thought about it, it was just like, well, it's operating the way that they designed it to, which means the more participants that you have, the better chance you have at being successful at the top of the Clan Wars ladder. And I think that that was like an important thing for me to remember. You know what I mean? Um, Clan Wars is designed so that everybody can play in it. It doesn't restrict you from playing in it unless you don't have 10 participants. But in order to be successful at it you need an engine that runs on 50 cylinders <laughs> right or pretty pretty close to it yeah right like if you want to be competitive if you want to excel in clan wars and get to the the legendary league you've got to have a clan that drives it there and i just wanted to spend some time talking about it because i think it was i forgot that element you know where i just got upset and angry at the fact that it did impact the game but in reality it was It's exactly what it was meant to do, which was anyone can do it, but in order for it to work properly and for you to have an advantage or no disadvantages while playing in it, more people have to do it. So I guess the whole point of this little spiel here, (laughs) I'm kind (laughs) of rambling, I guess. It's Um, okay. It's important. The whole point of why why I wanted to talk about it was because I didn't know that this is how it worked. And to be fair, I don't really think it was clearly said to the community as to how it works on War Day Battle Day. Um, And again, like I said, when I first found out about it, I was kind of like upset. But then when I really thought about it, I think it makes complete sense, and I get it now. But I wanted to make sure everybody that listened to us or that was part of our community understood how it worked as well. That way, when we have 20 participants one week, because that'll happen sometimes, um, and we're first seeing people that have this insane like, three musketeers deck that seems like a meta deck. We're <laughs> <Or like, laughs> right. how did they make this with 10 people?
0: <laughs> or 20 people? Well, they probably had 40. <laughs> right. So, really, this is a good way for us to help level set everyone's expectations.
1: Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, good job. I'm glad you brought it up, because I think all the stuff that we just talked about for, what, 40-plus minutes, is pretty good. It's important stuff.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I probably rambled on, I think a bit there, but, um, yeah, I don't know the best way to talk about that. Like matchmaking is kind of hard, but again, I just want to make sure that it's out in the open. Like everybody understands how it works because it's an important thing, right? People complain all the time about
0: this stuff, but half of them don't even know how it works. (laughs) And now we know. Boom. Boom. Tonight we're sponsored by Hunt a Killer. Want to be inside your favorite crime show or podcast and solve the murder like a real detective? Hunt a Killer lets you do just that. It's an interactive investigation delivered right to your doorstep each month. Hunt a Killer delivers clues, correspondence, and other physical items that you put into a serial killer's mind. Decode and investigate to unravel the case. It's like you're living in your favorite true crime series. That's right, Robin. We're members, and it really does put
1: you right into the action. It's not like anything you've ever done. Trust us. It's been featured on BuzzFeed, Washington Post, The editors of Bustle are even writing a monthly article about their experience. And here's something else that's cool. Hunt a Killer has partnered with the Cold Case Foundation, so part of your monthly membership will go
0: toward helping police departments catch real killers and close cold cases. That's right, so join us and tens of thousands of others by signing up for a Hunt a Killer membership at www.huntakiller.com, and if investigating isn't your thing, you probably know someone who would love this as a gift. To help support our show, they've offered a 10% discount on the first month for our listeners. But it's only available for a limited time, so go now to huntakiller.com and use the code CAST to get 10% off your first month. That's C-A-S-T. Cast. huntakiller.com. Can you solve the case? Thanks a lot to Hunt a Killer for sponsoring our show. All right, you know what time it is? Oh, I know what time it is. It's time for Boom it or Move it. Boom it or Move it. That's right, man, and we got another set of balance updates. So, as usual, this is a great time to reintroduce Boom It or Move It. So, are you ready for the 7-2 balance update? Number one is to the rascals. The rascal boy had his hit points decreased by 5.3%, and the rascal girl's first attack is now slower. Boom It or Move It? I'm
1: going to move this one, dude. (laughs) Ooh, why? Because I just think that this was a small tweak in the right direction, but it's just not, it's not enough. Um, 5% on the boy is not enough to make a difference. Um, And sure, the Rascal girls attack a little bit slower on their first attack, but they ultimately still do the same DPS. I find that the biggest problem with this card is the, the significant amount of health that the boy Rascal has. And... I get what they're trying to do, like, you know, they introduced the card, they don't want to over-nerf it, I I get it, right? But this little boy, or big boy, we'll call him, this rascal dude, he needed like a 15 to 20% health decrease,
0: not five. (laughs) Right. Yeah, that's that's a good point. But then that kind of destroys who he is. That big fat tank, man. I mean, he could still be a fat
1: tank, he just doesn't (laughs) need to be
0: a ridiculously fat tank. I mean... That's true.
1: He... This card is overpowered, and it is it is very, very, very dominant in the meta, um, because there's no great answer for it. Totally agree. All right, next up is the Mortar. Dude, the Mortar got another nerf yet again. What a surprise. Area damage decreased by 3.5%, and hit points were reduced by 4%.
0: Boom it or move it. Can this be the moob heard around the world? Yeah. I'm going to move this. Wow.
1: I mean, I knew you felt that way about it, but not really that way about it.
0: Yeah, dude. Stop touching my mortar. I'm so tired of this card getting nerfed after nerf after nerf. It's so annoying. I I know that this card is really prevalent, and I think the reason why they touch this card again is because of that hog mortar deck. I I don't like that deck either, but don't destroy the regular mortar mauler. I mean... Dude, the 3.5% change to its area damage, the whole point of this card is to do that damage, and I feel like there's going to be a lot more troops coming at you because of this, and it's its just its frustrating. I feel like every time I feel like I figure out how to get my deck back to where it needs to be in order to play it well, they nerf it again.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I get it. I, I don't, I should feel as strongly as you about this, but i I don't feel as strongly as you about it. Um, to me though, like the amount that they're nerfing it by is not going to do much to it. Like I, people are saying that it's going to kill the mortar.
0: It's, it's not going to kill the mortar. I don't think it's going to kill it. And I also don't think that the 4% hit point decrease is a big deal. I think the area damage is more of a problem. No, I mean, I hear you, right? But
1: to me, none of these things are the issue. (laughs) The issue with this card, if you really want to call a spade a spade, is the fact that the mortar is cyclable. The mortar advantage is its ability to cycle faster than your opponent can get back to its answer for your mortar, right? It's protect the mortar game. And if you can do that for enough time, you win the game. And, and, and to me, if you really want to stop making all of these little indirect nerfs to the mortar, right? Cause I, I think the past eight balance changes have impacted the mortar mauler deck or equivalents negatively. Mm-hmm. Um, just make the card a five cost card. Yes. And increase its stats slightly to make up for the extra cost of Elixir. I would take that. And then you don't have to have all of these little indirect problematic things that you're introducing with, you know, tweaks to other cards that impact other cards, <laughs> right? It's just like, if you don't like the mortar being used as much, make it harder to use, which would be a five cost card. It won't be used as much against the expo because right now it out the expo, um, and more, right?
0: Be, that's just my opinion. No, I agree with you. I still stick by what I said before, but raising its cost is 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 really the way to go. And I think that that would be a little bit easier to deal with personally. Agreed. Mm-hmm. So the next one is to the witch who had her hit points increased by 7%. The spawn speed was increased from seven seconds down to five seconds. And then the hit speed is now slower. From 0.7 seconds up to a full second. Boom it or move it. So I'm going to boom this one, man. Totally agree. Tell me
1: why. Yeah, I mean, I just think that the 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 witch, for what she was, was just not good enough. <laughs> um, she didn't do enough damage. Her skeletons didn't come out fast enough. And she was just easily countered. So she now survives a fireball log combo, which is a lot of damage. Um... So this increases the value that you'll get from a poison, Mm -hmm. right? Because the poison log will still kill her. Um, But also, if you don't want to deal with any of that, it makes lightnings more valuable because lightnings still kill her and because she stays on the map for so long and just generates skeletons so much, you got to get rid of her quickly. And so if you're using something like a lightning or a rocket to get rid of her, it's now an easier option to use because the goal for you now is not to... It's to get rid of her as quickly as possible because if you don't, the skeletons that she spawns are significant. Yeah, it's going to be a big problem for sure. All right, so the next one was the Fire Spirits who got buffed. Their area damage was increased by 5%. Boom it or move it? I'm going to boom it.
0: Yeah? Why? Because for a two-cost card, these things were pretty good, but I feel like they disappear once you put them on the field, right? Because their whole point is to die and to do damage. So having an extra 5% gives them a little bit more oomph in the arena. Plus, I don't know if you knew this, but now with the buff, a pack of fire spirits can take out a flying machine on their own. Yeah, dude, that's huge. You know what else this does? This indirectly
1: buffs the furnace. So you're going to be able to see chip damage with that. I think that this is a great change because control-style decks use the fire spirits... Um, the Fire Spirits themselves and also Infernus decks. And I think ultimately it gives you better options for two cost to get rid of more expensive cost troops, Um, which typically, you know, if you play your cards right, uh, makes for a much more
0: compelling gameplay. And I'm a big fan of that. Totally agree. So the next one is to the Bomber who had his range increased by 0.5 tiles. So now it went from 4.5 to 5. Boom it or move it. So I'm gonna boom this one, man. Yeah? Why?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I just feel like, you know, it's only 0.5 tiles that, that the range is gonna be increased by, but um, you know, I just feel like because the bomber is just so close to its tanks, it's just mm-hmm. hard for it to get out of the way of things. <laughs> yeah, that's um, a good point. So this allows it to stay a, a little bit safer while defending the tank, which is ultimately what it wants to do
0: the one skeleton that's just in the way all the time
1: right seriously and I think the other thing is also um you know how many times does the bomber make it make it across the river and then just not get a shot off because it has to walk so close to the tower in order to hit right it? at least now it doesn't have to walk as far once it locks onto a target it actually attacks pretty quickly the animation is very fast so I think that this will allow it to get that one extra hit in on the tower as well so I think overall it's a good change for the card Um, Previously, you know, it was very rarely, if ever, used. So um, I'm excited to see how this thing pans out.
0: Yeah, it should be fun. All
1: right. Next up is the Mega Minion, dude. Hit speed was decreased from 1.5 seconds to 1.6 seconds. So she now attacks slower.
0: Boom it or move it? I'm going to boom this one. Okay. I just feel like... This really comes down to use rate, and I feel like the Mega Minion packs so much power for the cost of 3 Elixir, and I feel like it's one of those cards that just fits into almost every deck. Like, if you need some sort of defender, this 3-cost flying small tankish kind of thing will do exactly what you need it to do, and it does the amount of damage that you need. This change will make it not last as long when it's going one-on-one with a tower, but it'll still get two hits off if it's uh, by itself.
1: Yeah, I mean, this thing was like the go-to defensive unit. First of all, it's air, it's three cost, it's a semi-tank, and it does incredible damage. So I think this one tones it back a little bit, it's exactly what it needs, and, uh, you know, opens the door for other options, which is pretty cool.
0: Yeah, and before everybody starts getting all up in arms about us using the word tank, We mean tanky, right? It's a beefy troop. It has a good amount of hit points. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't die to a fireball or a poison, so it's pretty tanky. (laughs) Right. So the next one is to the goblins who had their hit points decreased by 1%. Boom it or move it. So I'm going to boom this one (laughs) because it's
1: 1% and I have absolutely no reason to move it. (laughs) I think they mentioned that it was due to rounding errors and certain troops not killing those troops in the correct amount of hits throughout the entirety of the level. So um, this will hopefully fix that and make the game work properly. hmm 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 And the last one is that the Giant Snowball and Royal Hogs have been added to the Clan Wars Collection Day card pool. Boom it or move it? Uh, I'm going to boom it, right? <laughs> you mean cards that are in the game can be played now? Great! Right. Should we use them? Are we allowed? It's a good thing, right? I mean, I guess it's a good thing unless you don't have the cards.
0: <laughs> yeah, that would, be the only, that would be the only reason why it wouldn't be a good thing. But, that, but that's the case for every card. Any card that is new that comes out should be added to the Clan War card pool. That's it. Boom. That was fun, man. That was fun. I like that we don't do boom it or move it all the time. And I like now it's pretty much dedicated to balance updates. That's pretty cool. I totally agree. So with that, though, what's your grade? Hmm. This is a tough one. I feel like we went up and down a lot. So B plus? I was going to say a B plus as well. I think this is a B plus. I think this is definitely like a tweaky kind of balance update. Like they made a lot of changes last time. They're doing some more little ones. And then I think we're going to get a much bigger one at a later date at some point. But I think this kind of lays the groundwork. I th- I think it's good. I just... There's some stuff that I don't necessarily agree with, and I, I know that you probably feel the same way.
1: Yeah, I just feel like the Rascals are going to continue to get nerfed in this direction, um, but they need a beefier nerf in order for it to make any sense. And the Mortar, and if they want to really change the impact of the Mortar on the meta, they're going to have to make it less cyclable, or just destroy its stats. But, you know, these small tweaks are just kind of annoying right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep. Well, we're along the ride for the journey, right? We are. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to our Meta Check. Meta Check. And our boy, Sir Devin, Lord Christmas, comes to us with another awesome Meta Check. Joe, are you ready?
1: Oh, I'm ready, dude. I love the Meta Check. Let's do it, man. Sir Devin has hit us with the numbers again. And dude, this week, we are going to be going over the best defensive cards in the game as well as a couple of card trends that we've been seeing in the meta.
0: Ooh, color me intrigued. (laughs) Color (laughs) me intrigued, Rob. I'm glad you like that. So which one do you want to do first? Uh, Let's do the trends.
1: Can we do the trends first? All right, dude. Supercell recently introduced a couple of unique and exciting cards in the Rascals, the Giant Snowball, and the Royal Hogs. Since their intro, the Rascals have by far the most popular, with their use rates sitting at 17% at the top of the ladder. While the Giant Snowball has been used pretty sparingly, and surprisingly enough, the most unique and exciting card, the Royal Hogs, seems to have been a total flop at the top of the ladder. With all the promise that this card has, with it being a new win condition card, not a single pro has used it at the top of the ladder. Royal Hogs is either due for a big buff or a little bit of a rework of the entire card because as of right now, it seems to be totally irrelevant. And that could be just because the pros haven't figured out the best ways to use them yet, but either way they haven't made the scene yet.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, we are not at the pro level, right? But have you seen anybody play them? I haven't. Not once. I have never played a ladder match versus these guys. I I think I would let that person win, actually. (laughs) It would be the first time that I ever really just let it go because of a card. I concede.
1: So, what else is there? Dude, the log is making a comeback. This comes with Supercell introducing the rascals, as the log is great to counter the rascal girls behind the big, fat Tank that we've got in the boy. (laughs) Right. Usage rates land at 49% over the last period, while the Zap's use rate was at 61%. But over the last week, it has jumped to almost 60%. At one point, the Log was the most popular card in the game, and that was quickly overturned with Zap as some of the meta changed. But with the recent additions, of new cards like the Rascals and the Royal Hogs eventually being used, dude, the log could be making a comeback as the, as the most used card in the game again.
0: Well, I can tell you that I haven't stopped playing it, so keeping the log alive. All right, so let's talk a little bit about the
1: best defensive cards in the game. We've got a list of, like, the top 20 defensive cards, but I think we are only going to cover the first five. So, Rob, are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Sitting at the tippy-tippy top of the list. Defensive cards at the top of the ladder. You may not be surprised by this, Rob. But the Mega Minion is sitting at 45% use rate. Shocker. So there really was
0: a reason for the nerf.
1: Oh, there is a reason indeed, man. This card was used everywhere. It served so many purposes for both defensive and offensive counter pushes. It countered so many different kinds of troops. And it was due and it's clear in the numbers that that was the case. Next up is the Goblin Gang. This swift little crew of five goblins seems to be getting used a lot, 25% of the time to be exact. So if you're not using those cards, you might want to think about adding them to the pool of eight that you have in your deck.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Next up is the Inferno Dragon. Dude, when you have two options, kill a tank in four to five seconds with a building that costs five, or use a flying troop that travels across the map for four elixir and kills the tank in the same amount of time, what do you choose? You always go flying. You always go flying. The Inferno Dragon is being used 22% of the time. It offers more cycle ability, offers offense and defense, and dude, this thing packs a punch, and the pros have found out the best ways to use it.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: And the next two are very similar in that they are both minions. We've got the minion horde sitting at 16% use rate and the minions sitting at 13% use rate. Now you might be saying to yourself, well, that's weird. Didn't minions just get nerfed? Yep. And you'd be right. And you'd be right. But they're still being used a lot at the top of the ladder. These guys pack a punch when used correctly. And pros have figured out the best ways to take advantage of spells and other cards being used by their opponents because when these things get on your tower they do so much damage yeah they do so if you can use them at the right defensive time and switch them on over to offense you might just get yourself a tower
0: you might get lucky
1: you might (laughs) but that's it man the list goes on and on um, you know, we won't talk about every single one of them here. We will put all of the information related to the meta check in the show notes. So if you're interested, be sure to check them out. If you have any questions, let us know and we will try to respond.
0: Bada bada. Boom. Boom. All right. So let's move on to our deck spotlight. Deck spotlight. <laughs> And this deck is called Bewitched because you'll be throwing some magic around the arena. And it's an average elixir cost of 3.1 that contains the Witch, the Giant, the Miner, the Goblins, Ice Spirit, Mega Minion, Zap, and Poison. So Joe, tell me how to bewitch my
1: opponent, bro. Dude, this deck is a powerhouse, and it's been coined by one of the pillars of our community, and his name is Patrick. Yeah, yeah! Dude, he coined this deck before the witch got a buff, and he made it past 5,000 trophies with it. It's good in ladder, it's good in challenges, it's good everywhere. I've played against this deck, and it is very, very difficult to deal with. At 3.1, this deck is a cycle, cycle, cycle deck but it's not your average cycle deck because it's a beatdown style deck. It's got the giant and the witch. The cool thing about the deck is that you can defend with very good troops like the mega minion who we said is one of the iconic defensive cards in the game. But you've also got the recently buffed and reworked witch who spawns an insane amount of skeletons on defense to take out your opponent's offensive push. But then when you counter push and go into offense, Dude, if they don't have a Poison, a Log, or an Executioner, it is almost impossible to stop this push from coming on. It sounds insane. It is insane. And like I said, the key with the deck is to defend. If you start your push off with a Giant in the back and then the Witch like you would a normal Giant beatdown style deck, it's not going to work so well. And the reason why is because you don't have a beatdown style spell. You don't have a Rocket. You don't have a Lightning. You have a Poison Zap combo, which is good but you don't have like the night witch and the lumberjack to rage everything with a baby dragon right like that's not this deck <laughs> right what this deck is is a defensive counter push deck the counter push exists when you've defended with either your mega minion and or your witch you're developing skeletons on the map and then before everything gets to the bridge you slap down your giant and you get ready to facilitate the offensive push with Skeletons, the Poison, and the Zap. And obviously you use the Miner if you need to to take out Pumps or distract the Tower or anything else that your opponent throws down to get behind it. I can't stress enough how hard this deck is to learn just because it's such a different style of a beatdown style play, Mm -hmm. Um, but how impactful it is when you actually figure it out. I would highly recommend people take this into Classic Challenges, um, learn the deck, and take it for a spin because it works for so many people in our community and I can't wait for it to work for you as well. Boom, dude, nice. Boom, man. I, I, I tell you, I, I have faced Patrick while he plays this deck and it is very difficult for me to beat. Um, I probably lose more than I win against it. And so I took it into Classic Challenges and for the first four times in a row, Got twelve wins and zero losses um get out of here I have the advantage obviously of watching him beat me with it <laughs> right right um, Joe's got battle wounds I've got scars man I've got scars, <laughs> but they helped you learn how to play it um, I think it would probably take around ten to twelve games to start to figure out really how this deck works and to get used to the the defend and then counter push um, capabilities of it so You know, like I said, invest some time into it and it it will work wonders. Love
0: it. Nice job. Boom. Boom. And we also got two new patrons. Two new patrons. Boom. Boom. Huge shout out to Raymond G and Josh Y for donating their hard-earned money to our show and helping... Keeping this train rocking and rolling. Rocking and rolling, moving
1: and grooving, hipping and hopping, high flying and limousine, riding, baby, let's go. Woo! <laughs> nah, no, seriously, man, you said, it, you said it best. Raymond and Josh, thank you so, so much for helping support what we do, taking your hard-earned money to allow us to continue to provide fresh, fun, and friendly content for all of our listeners. We truly appreciate
0: it. Double boom. And that's all we got. If you would like to join our clans, we are no longer leaving them open. You cannot join by using a password. Why, Joe? Because if you want to join our Cast Royale clans, you need to
1: join our Discord community first. So be sure to join our Discord community. We let our friends there know first when a spot opens up and we take a member
0: from the Discord community to fill the spot that is in the clan. Boom. So, go to castroyalepodcast.com slash discord, and that's how you can join. And we will welcome you with open arms. Boom. Boom. And if you would like to send us an email, send it to feedback at castroyalepodcast.com. And if you'd like to reach out to us on Twitter, you can do so by using the handle at podcastroyal. And don't forget to check us out on Instagram. No at, but Cast Royale Podcast. That's how you'd find us. And no reviews this week on iTunes, but it is the number one way that you can help us reach more people. Right. And uh, a huge shout out to clnsmedia.com for hosting our show on their site. If you're ever looking for the newest podcast from us, you can check it out there. Or if you're ever looking for other new shows, you can also find them there as well. And thanks a lot to our two sponsors tonight, Hunt a Killer and hymns, and Joe. I literally have nothing else. I'm ready to come down, finish this recording, and come down and see you, my bro, my brother, be in North Carolina, and get some sun. You better bring your sunscreen, dude. It's not like the North. I was counting on you to provide me with sunscreen, considering you own a house. Yeah, see,
1: that might be the case, but dude, you're about to get burnt worse
0: than when I play you in Clash Royale. Oh! <laughs> Got him! I may not come now. I may not show up ever now you're upset i take it back yeah now you're upset (laughs) all right all right well we're done so uh if there's nothing else we will see you next time for another hodgepodge of everything hodgepodge of everything boom Boom.
1: bye bye